What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Drew Jaguars, up in the building, and today I'm joined by Mr. David Wise. Davey, let the folks know what we have on tap for the today's show. Okay, so we're first going to talk the imaginary man himself, Destin Hill. Uh, is he coming? Is he not? Who knows? Uh, we'll talk about it. And then we're going to talk, what is the best case scenario season for our boy, Jordan Travis? Find out. Ooh, some JT13 love. We're starting the season of elite, the summer of elite lies really early, but folks, thank you guys so much for the love and support and making Locked On Seminoles your first listen each and every single day. Now, with that being said, let's go on with the show. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. As at the top of the hour, it's your boy Drake, and I have Mr. David Wise Esquire sitting right to the left of me, or if I do this, damn it, hold on, <laughs> it's not working. Oh, right, so, well, I was trying to move the video around and be funny, but Dave, how are you doing, by the way, <laughs> aside, oh, from, aside from seeing through that? Doing, doing great, Drake. Uh, it's hot out here, even in New York. It is, we're going to talk weather here for a second. It's too hot. It is only May, and I'm not here for it. I want snow back. I miss it. Yeah, you do know it gets miserably, miserably hot in New York because you don't have the nice little ocean or sea breeze as you used to have. I'm on the ocean. Florida. Chill, chill out. I'm on the ocean here. Yeah, that's not the, it's not the real ocean. But like I said, Dave, we will start the weather podcast on a different day, a different cool. avenue. Yep. But So we're here to talk about the man, somewhat the myth, mm-hmm. some kind of, you know, a legend in, in, in a sort of way. Yep. We're talking about Mr. Destin Hill, formerly the artist known formerly as Mr. Destin Payson. Yep. Now, before we get into this conversation, I'm going to reiterate that I think out of all three of us, all, all three of us here don't aren't, I guess, in the highest of hopes or highest of beliefs that she will be basically on campus. Yeah. I kind of treat the kid as Bigfoot at this point. Yeah. And I think it's more likely that I uh, marry Rihanna, to be honest with you, than him come on campus. But reports are coming out that he is apparently through clearinghouse he actually is going to be probably on campus sometime in the summer prepare for summer c sorry summer b which is i want to say june 20th i think is the first that causes for summer b so dave you kind of followed him a little more during his recruitment what is the the kind of the special ability that mr hill actually would give to this offense or also what he would just bring overall to the position group yeah so destin hill uh for those who don't remember at this point because it's like drake said it's been that long (laughs) it's been that long even though it was only the class of 2021 it feels like this has been going on for four years now wait seriously yes seriously it's been a year this pandemic man i swear it's like a half decade so (laughs) destin hill was a great recruiting poll out of new orleans he was a blue chip prospect top 20 receiver nationally number 113 composite nationally uh for being six foot and 200 pounds, the kid is fast. You shouldn't be that fast at that body size, which is why he was such a highly ranked recruit. We do not have that take it, uh, take the top off kind of speed uh, reliably on offense. Uh, we, we're lacking a lot in the receiver position in terms of kids running good routes, kids being fast enough to take the top off, kids making their catches when the ball is accurately thrown to them. Uh, we're lacking all of that, but you know, we tried to address that through the transfer portal. This kid has already signed with us. He is absolutely the kind of kid that would solve one of those three issues, the taking the speed to take the top off issue. And yeah, look, at this point, you got to look at it like if he shows up, huge plus, 
huge boost to the offense, but I'm not expecting that. I'm expecting to go into the year this year, next year, the year after that without Destin on the roster. And if he makes it, then it's just the cherry on top. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I preface will be, you know, before we start this conversation that I guess the three of us are in the belief that he's not coming. Um, yeah. And we're just not going to go deeper into that, but it's more that if everyone is kind of, because basically whenever we heard that, Oh, Destin Hill is coming, you'd always hear for one, maybe two sources or two people. When you have a consistent sort of, you know, statement from other media outlets and also from other people like out there and sources, you're just like, if they're all on the same page for the first time on this in a while, it might lead you to believe that actually he is coming in and that, and if he does come in, me personally, I am in the wait till I see it kind of camp uh, where we've been burned with, with this before and where he's supposed to come in last fall yeah. and then this past spring. But now with over summer, we'll see. But you're right. He, he, he is the sort of dynamic game changer that if he does come back, I fully, fully expect him to compete for the wide receiver one, wide receiver two spot. Yeah. Especially also because we now are in the belief that Winston Wright Jr. will be prepared for fall camp. That's insane. That's a whole, you know what? Let's, let's talk about that actually to start the next segment. But I do want to say this. The only question that I have on Destin Hill at this point is I'm sure a kid like him who was so competitive in high school, ran the hundred meter and ran it in like 11 seconds flat. Um, I just wonder like how, when you're away from football for a, a year or two, I mean, Jesus Christ, it feels like a decade now, but um, how you keep that like freshness and how you're, you're able to practice and hit the weight room the same way you would as if you were, you know, on a, you know, on scholarship starting or, you know, starting on a P5 football team. I just don't, I don't know what he's been able to do. And I hope it's everything he's supposed to do to keep himself on the kind of trajectory you would expect him to be on given his recruiting profile. I don't know. I mean, that's a very fair point. And also nothing is actually going to prepare you for the real thing until you yeah. actually do the real thing. And then with the Winston Wright Jr. stuff, I mean, me and Max talked about it last week where basically we were hearing that he's going to be start. He might be starting actually the first game overall, actually when he gets back. I know it's a bad broken ankle, but just to think about that, we have Winston Wright at the one, with the, at the one you know spot, and yeah. then you have Destin Hill. That leaves Micah Pittman as your third option, or Malik McLean somewhere out there. Yeah, which That's, is awesome. Which is something that we need. We finally have. Right. We have options. We yes. haven't. We weren't. We're not being forced to play kids out of necessity because we don't have any people that can spot there. And then Ontario Wilson, yep. who could be as your third option. That's awesome. That's actually great. That's a great problem to have. That's a great option. Excuse me to have as your top three. And suddenly, instead, I think of trying to figure out who are our starting receivers. I think suddenly we're more starting to talk about who are coming into the game to spell them, which means we're confident enough in our starters to be productive enough to win us football games, which is exactly all you can ask for right now. And, that, and you know what, Dave, you know, it's also a great option for a, that, uh, as a, a diet alternative to, you know, some protein shakes. Hmm. I wonder it is built bar. The hmm. most delicious, sir. That is now an official lock on semos quote, the most delicious protein bar out there on the planet. As you know, Dave is the cookie dough connoisseur. Max is the Brigadier General, the Peanut Butter Brownie Brigade, and your boy is the Cherry Barcia Casanova. But, folks, if you don't like those three flavors, there are 16 different flavors to choose from. And also, try the puffs. All built puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. The brownie puffs are delicious. That means that with built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it because, you know, folks, dieting and eating healthy, it's not that fun. So, you got to find some ways around it. But, built bars make it that easier. Head over to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. That's L O C K E D 1 5. And you'll get a 15% off your order at built.com. You can promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, built.com. Let's get healthy together. Okay, Dave. 
Yep. Now that we got the Destin Hill you know, situation squared away, and we'll see actually what that happens with the coming weeks, I'm going to turn the reins over to you because this is more, I guess, your topic du jour for today. Yep. What are we actually going to talk about in regards of Jordan Travis, and what are the parameters for the discussion for today? Okay, so if you listen to the episode last week that Max and I did on like the schedule breakdown, we, we did this like what if uh, lightning round at the end of, of the episode where I said Jordan Travis doesn't miss a single game, doesn't miss a single snap even. I mean, that's not realistic, but you know what I mean? He misses as few snaps as any highly uh, injury-proof starting quarterback in Power 5 level. Uh, what does that season look like for FSU? So the best case, I, I want to talk about like the best case scenario season, realistically speaking, for Jordan Travis, assuming he doesn't get injured, um, assuming whatever you would expect his progression to be from last year and the year before, what so exactly till, so all 12 like? games you're saying basically. all 12 games he's starting and and not missing more than like a series because his helmet you know either a play because his helmet popped off or a series because he got a stinger or something you know mm-hmm. okay just some something like that what does that season look like for jordan travis and what does that look like for fsu uh for me Best case scenario, I mean, he proved me wrong last year. He can definitely do it again where he improves again as a passer. One of the things I like the spring game, I know it's not best tailored for his skill set, but I think the point of spring game was to see how much he, how much better he was as a passer. Yep. And I know the offensive line didn't do all the greatest favors, but also the offensive line when he did have clean pockets, the happy feet showed up. He was limited to one, maybe two reads, even if he got that. Yep. And so to me, he just didn't look comfortable strictly throwing the ball, which now that we're start, we're actually just talking in the last segment that we potentially have all these options. We need you to utilize these options out there for you. So to me, if he was able to stay healthy for a full 12 games, yep. to me, he probably would have around, I want to say 3,250 yards. And to me, that spells around 2,300, 2,400 passing yards and then maybe another 700, 800 on the ground rushing. So to me, like a little bit, like a 60-30, like he, need, cause I, he needs to show that he, he's becoming a better QB. I think he really doesn't want to pass on the ball. So to me, I think the best-case scenario, that's what would come down to yardage-wise. Yeah, so it's funny you say that because those numbers actually, I don't know if you did the math on this, but like those actually extrapolate Absolutely out. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Barely <laughs> close. I'm a lawyer, dude. I don't do math, man. You know this. <laughs> so th- those actually come out to pretty close to what I would – the math I think would expect them to be if you compare them to another season of somebody who threw a number of pass who attempted a number of passes that I think a injury proof season would expect. Um, here's what I did. So I went back and I compared Jordan Travis to Deandre Francois, uh, that he in 2018, um, I know he's coming back from his injury, but Deandre Francois attempted 396 passes that is in line with 2016 when he attempted 400. So it's right in that 396 to 400 range, right? Okay. If Jordan Travis were to attempt that number of passes based on his stats last year, so you extrapolate that out. Um, if that, if, if instead of 194 passes, he attempted 396, you would expect his yards to be 3,141. You would expect his touchdowns to be 30 and his interceptions to be 12. That would be an be enormous awesome. season. That'd right. be awesome. And it's funny. It's funny because we had this conversation, I think about five, six weeks ago now, where we talked about, we got into this argument about what's what's unrealistic for us to expect passing yards-wise from Jordan Travis. And I remember 
Max said it's not crazy or, or that it's crazy to expect him to throw at for 2,500 ish yards. And I think me and you were saying that's not that crazy to expect your starting quarterback to be able to throw for that many yards. I still don't think it is, but the reality is if he were to attempt as many passes as uh Frenchie did in either of his two healthy seasons, starting here, he would be expected to throw for over 3000 yards, just purely extrapolating that out. Um, and that's assuming he doesn't progress more as a passer from last year to this year. So if he improves, he, you know, it seems like just based on those numbers, he should be able to eclipse not only 2,500, which means that's not a crazy expectation for him, uh, but also put up the kind of touchdown numbers that would lead you to think this offense can beat, can beat opponents regardless of what the defense is doing. I think the only thing I kind of would say to push back a little bit, because I mean, I agree with you. I think that's asking your starting QB in the power five level to throw for at least 2,500 yards isn't asking for too much. If, Baseline. When you're fully healthy for the entire season, which Jordan has not been. Yeah. But I think it's, has Mike, I just want to ask you this. Has Mike Norvell ever had a QB attempt that many passes? Because I just don't know if his offense is so suitable for that. And also, we also got to ask, is his offensive line like healthy enough when fully healthy are they good enough to actually give a QB enough time to attempt all those passes but also those most passes to be of you know a good variety like not rushed not simple throwaways and then we also have a strong stable of backs that are probably the strongest feature on our team when it comes to a Trey Benson who looks awesome Trey Sean Ward showed up that he actually can be a really damn good player I mean Lawrence told Philly that Clemson play still is rewinding in my mind the balance he had actually continued that through the, that through the tackle so it's like Yes, I want Jordan to be a better passer. I think we all do. Yeah. I just don't know if we need him to throw the ball almost 400 times a year. Let me let me read you a, a couple stats that I think you'll find interesting. You just asked the question um, or made the statement. You don't know that Mike Norvell is going to have his quarterbacks throw that much. Yeah, I here's, know so. Here's Brady White's two seasons under Mike Norvell at Memphis. 392 pass attempts for 3,296 yards and 26 touchdowns. 421 pass attempts for 4,014 yards and 33 touchdowns. Now we are in the ACC. It ain't going to be just as easy pickings just because you're throwing the ball more. Doesn't mean you're going to put up as prolific of numbers, but the Big 12, right? <laughs> yeah. But 392 pass attempts, 3,296 yards, right? Mm -hmm. And 26 touchdowns. Those numbers I came up with were 3,141 yards. Um, on 396 pass attempts and 30 touchdowns. Those would be right in line with where Brady White's numbers were uh, back in 2018 under Mike Norvell. So and honestly, that... Jordan could be a better QB than Brady yes, White. I don't know if you right. ever watched any of that. I, I think he already is now, to be quite honest with you. Brady White wasn't very impressive to me, and he still put up pretty big numbers in Norvell's offense. So if Norvell trusts Jordan Travis to throw the ball, and he's going to allow him to make to have that many pass attempts, which I still don't think so just because of his running numbers. I think he'll still run the ball enough that you don't want him to throw that much necessarily. Um, I think those are possible, un possible and realistic numbers uh, from the quarterback position from Jordan Travis. I can get behind that now that actually you're throwing some of these numbers my way. It's just more that uh, that offensive line for Memphis also was a lot better. If we're being honest, I mean, they had two kids drafted into the NFL this past year which is where two kids that I wanted Norvell to bring from Memphis. I know that you and Max aren't the biggest of fans of bringing group of five kids transfers in, but yeah, when it's a position of need, like, you know, offensive line, also linebacker, that's something that we need overall. Just, just to me with Jordan, I mean, I mean, I think I'm probably the lowest on Jordan yeah. out of all three of us here, 
but I do, but I do think he has a capability to prove people wrong. I mean, we saw his highlight tape back in high school. I mean, the kid does have an arm, which is more, does he have the accuracy for it? And also Max and I discussed this about, I think a month and a half ago, the small little adjustments he has to make now are, are so minute are so small. And they're so like ingrained or stitched into the actually his DNA as a QB. It's going to be really hard to make those adjustments. It's like basically in baseball where you have, you have a, a pitching stance, your entire wind of your delivery. Yeah. It takes a lot of time to get through that. It takes a lot of time to prepare for that and also to, to get out of that shell. I mean, that's why I see like big time prospects when they finally get hit that wall. They have no idea what to do because they've done something for their entire lives when they make the pros. Yeah. I, what I did like about Jordan's passing improvement last year was I liked his touch on the deep ball better where I need to see it from him. And if he's healthy, that means he's going to be throwing more passes. And if he's throwing more passes, this is going to matter that much more is his accuracy on short to middle, uh, short to mid passes. If he can improve in that range of the passing game, that's going to mean we're going to want to let him pass more because if he's inaccurate on the, the throws that you're making more often than the deep throws, then you're not going to want him to do it as much because he's more likely to throw an interception or create a second or third and long. And that's, you put us behind the chains like that and you're going to see the same crap you did the last two years where we're punting, we're punting, we're punting. And that drive chart looks just terrible. So a healthy Jordan Travis who has made improvements. Um, yeah. I think can have a Deandre Francois type season. I mean, I think so too, is we just need to see him actually do those improvements. I mean, he yeah. improved last year, just more because in my pers- personal opinion, if we see the same Jordan Travis from last year to this year where nothing changed, I quite honestly don't see us winning more than seven games. I think that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah. Well, let's 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 go. Do we have another break right now? I feel like we have another break. We do have another break. Uh, we do got another break, Dave. And actually, it's our friends over at Benline. Daddy, yeah. thank you, thank you for reminding me. And actually, Dave, it's time for to bring back an age old <laughs> testament of you know one of the fun games we play here on the show, and that is fade, Dave. You want to fade me? Yeah. You want to fade, Dave? Because Dave has been retired for the game for a very long time, and the mm-hmm. reason he's retired, he's just really bad at gambling. He's not though. He's actually pretty good. Yep. But Dave, yeah. I'm going to give you a line, and I want to see what actually you how what you would take in this game. Okay. Yep. So Clemson, I'm joking now. So the Florida State LSU lines out. Hmm. Right now, Florida State, it opened at plus three. It's now plus three and a half. Hmm. So it's a neutral side game, even though it's basically a home game for LSU. So the fact that they're only three and a half point favorites uh, leads me to believe that Vegas isn't as love with LSU as I guess most people are in our comments or also on media. Dave? Yeah. What is your fade day pick right now? All right, so you're going to want to fade me here, uh, just for starters. But, and this is a, a golden rule of mine with betting on my own team. I bet against my team every time because it's a win-win for me. If I bet against us and we lose and I have to go through that bullshit of losing, then I want to make some money off of it. And if I'm wrong and we win, yeah, I lost some money, but yeah, we beat LSU. Um, I'm going to give a buy down a three. I'm going to take LSU and buy down a three. You're not buying and points, man. We're, we don't do buy points. Here. The three and a half. I don't care. Okay. It's a, look, it's a home game for LSU. You can call it whatever you want. That's what it is. Um, assuming the teams are equal, that's, that feels like about right. So um, I'm taking LSU and I'm giving the points and I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope I have to eat crow right on there. That's right, folks. Dave is a hater, and Dave is not a homer, but Dave likes making money more than supporting his team. So if you want to fade Dave or join Dave, take FSU plus three and a half. If you want to fade Dave, I'm sorry, you want to follow Dave, take LSU minus three and a half because basically Dave is banging with Arnold on this program when it comes to gambling. Yeah. Downline.net. 
Lose promo code locked on L O C K E D O N and get a hundred percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, locked on L O C K E D O N bell line where the game starts. So I guess the follow-up to the first part of the Jordan Travis healthy conversation is we talked about what the season could look like for Jordan Travis. The obvious follow-up to that is what does that healthy Jordan Travis season look like for FSU? We've done these schedule breakdowns. We've done these win-loss projections. There is, I don't care what you think you know or don't know about this Florida State team for this upcoming year. What we do know, whether you like Jordan Travis or not, if he's injured, that's more losses and less wins. If he's healthy, that's more wins and less losses. I mean, that that is really hard to argue with. So, assuming he doesn't uh, miss, a, no, you're right. Oh, you're right. Assuming he <laughs> doesn't right, miss, right. so assuming Jordan Travis doesn't miss a game and starts all of them, what does that season look like for FSU? Assuming the kind of progression as a passer we just discussed. So, if it's a fully healthy Jordan Travis. And it's a Jordan Travis that is past is has 3,250 total yards, which is what I had. And he's actually passing for 2,200 yards. So that's the 200 yards per game that we want, or at least yeah. around that. Right. I mean, that's not, I'm, in my personal, that's not asking for too much. So to me, fully healthy regarding you know, offensive line is going to be probably most likely healthy too. If those numbers actually hold up too, give him enough time to throw right. wide receivers. The wide receivers are playing like they should. And the defense, if the defense keeps up, you know, from last half of last year, it'll be solid. To me, that's nine wins. Um, and that's a nine-win team right there. And, I mean, that's where I've been saying, like, this team basically, you know, can win eight, should win, probably will win uh, seven, will win six. Not sure, should win seven, will win six. Yeah. That's a little bit of a bump for me. Because it's a one-game bump for you. It's a one-game bump for me, primarily because of healthy – because the importance of Jordan Travis to this team is not lost on me. He is – by far your most important piece, by far one of your best players, if not the most, the best player that you have basically with the ball in his hands, he's dynamite. And if he stays healthy with, and still plays at the same play style he has, where he's taking a lot of hits, he's evading out of the pocket, still running for first downs. And then if he's healthy and then he's able to actually pair that with the ability to throw the ball, defenses are going to have a really hard time adjusting to that. So to me, that is easily, easily nine wins with your losses, probably only being to one of Miami, Florida, Clemson and maybe just two games where just like we we get beaten out by a, a better coach team like an NC State and maybe even Louisville. Yeah, I think I think I'm right with you there on the win loss projections. If he's healthy all year, I think you're looking at an eight to nine win season. I think nine being a hell of a lot more realistic than it would be otherwise. The problem we've seen the last couple of years is it's. Jordan Travis has missed games. He's missed drives within games. I'm not blaming him. The kid puts his heart on the line. It's just the way he plays. But if he stays healthy, like you said, that's a good point. If he's healthy, that probably means the offensive line's healthy. Because if the offensive line isn't healthy, Jordan Travis won't be healthy. That's Those are seem to me to be directly correlated. Um, I guess where I'm thinking is what difference, like in what games does that make a bigger difference? Like, like you mentioned, if he's healthy, I think you probably lose one of those big three games. And I think you probably do win two out of the three. Um, I think to me, it makes a bigger difference in those games that we should win. You go back to like the Wake Forest type games. Um, the, you know, we should be Georgia Tech no matter who's starting at quarterback. But just games where, you know, you don't look too much into the rosters and whatnot. And you just think, oh, Florida State should beat them. Like those are the kind of games I think a fully healthy Jordan Travis, you would expect – 
to be loss proof. No, I think that's exactly right. And like the big game, I would probably circle as being probably probably the most difficult out of those three is that Miami game because I think TVD, like he has shown himself as a really good QB. But Jordan Travis outclassed him for majority of that game. And in my personal opinion, we we did the same thing we did with UNC, like yeah. right before, like the year before in that in the Miami, in the Miami game where we kind of took us took our foot off the gas. Which I don't know what's with Mike Norvell. He puts up a thirty point lead and then tries to hold on for dear life and give everyone a heart attack. Like if TVD had played the second half, like he played the entire game, we probably would have lost last year. And to me, like it's gonna, if we if Jordan stays fully healthy and the staff knows he's fully healthy, they'll probably honestly, hopefully, open up the playbook a little bit more for him, right? And say Taylor, because if you can't deny when you watch the UMass game last year, the callouts for between Travis and Chuba were completely and utterly different. The book just felt a lot more open. Yeah. So it's gonna come down to the coaching staff actually having more faith in Jordan and. So far, we haven't seen that. I mean, they can say as much as, as much as they want how much they love the kid, but the only person that said that really out loud and out in, per, uh, in front of everybody else was Dillingham, and Dillingham's gone. Right. So, to me, I need to see, just as much as I need to see Jordan Travis take the next step, I need to see McNerville actually put faith in his damn QB because yes. Jordan deserves it. You're, you're right in that he obviously let Brady White kind of just throw all over the place at Memphis, and yes, Jordan Travis has missed time. That's taken away from his pass attempts. But setting that aside, he still has not, he still hasn't shown the the tendency to allow Jordan Travis to just throw the ball all over the field. He just, his numbers haven't been there, not just because of injury either. If he's, if he, if he is attempting 300 passes, it's not just because he's healthy, like you're saying. It's because he's healthy and Mike Norvell likes where he's at because the guy that was his biggest cheerleader, like you said, is gone. Um, but Jordan Travis staying healthy, I think the biggest stretch of games that that makes me feel better about is the BC Wake NC State stretch because I worry about that BC game. Um, obviously, the Wake and the NC State games are games that we could win, but a lot of people predict us to lose. Um, regardless of how I feel about that, I think if he's healthy, you're winning two out of those three games. And that is the death run of Louisville, BC, Wake, NC State, Clemson. If you go two out of three against those two and then beat one of either Louisville or Clemson and you go three and two in that murderer stretch, I'm very happy with the way I think the season could turn out. And then you and, get a bye too right after that. Like that, like, you like, get a bye. A, like, nice little like, hey guys, we're over 500. We should, we might, we honestly might have a bowl eligibility by that time or at least one more win. And you have Georgia Tech next week. And then Syracuse, garbage. Louisiana, yep. garbage. Florida, Herb Meyer can be in Florida. I can still say they're garbage, but yep. like to me overall, like that's that's just a hard. I mean, it's it's not a hard hard stretch, but it's not the easiest stretch, no because we don't know what who would they have actually at offense with those other schools. It's the kind of stretch where if Jordan Travis is either missing the games entirely, obviously th- those are losses. If Jordan Travis misses one of those five games, we lose the game. I don't need to know anything else. Um, but it's it's if we if we were to beat LSU, we were to beat Duquesne, and we were to finish that stretch like I started. We're talking about us being five and two at that point after Clemson going into Georgia Tech, which means six and two. That is a big deal Um, with with Jordan Travis either missing the game or injured uh, against those teams. I think those are that's that's kind of stretch where you lose two out of those three. You probably lose to Clemson. You probably lose to Louisville. That could change the entire complexion of the season. His health 
uh, during that five game stretch. That's how big of a deal I think it is. And not only that, and then this is probably where we'll end off right here is that you're going up against what a lot of people think are the top five quarterbacks in the entire conference. We've right. already discussed ad nauseum that the ACC, the reason I have Jordan in my bottom five with QBs is not just, it's not solely because I just don't think he's that great. I think he's an average passer, but he's a diamond runner. I just think the other QB options in the entire conference are leaps and bound not only ahead of him, but a lot of QBs in the country. I think the ACC overall has the top quarterbacks, top to bottom, like average-wise, across the entire country. I know Bryce Young is out there. I know so is CJ Stroud. I know Spencer Ryler is also over there lurking somewhere. But you can tell me, name me one or two in each conference. And the ACC, I can name you six or seven, maybe even eight really, really damn good QBs. And you can't really say that much about other spots. But, yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's insane. But Dave, thank you so much for sitting down today with the folks. Yeah. Yeah, you got anything else to say before we head off? Please stay healthy, Jordan Travis. Just come. Can we just like get some luck in our way one time? Like it feels like there's a lot of luck involved in football. And it just seems like we've gotten just the shittiest luck the last few years, right? Just can we get one year? I mean, come on. Yeah. Bullshit. Eh, it could be worse. It could be Nebraska. But folks, thank you guys so much for your love and support and making the Lockdown Seminoles your first listen each and every single day and joining us. Please don't forget five star reviews in our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or we get your podcast from. And Dave, give them the YouTube instructions. How do you do this? All right. So subscribe to the podcast. Uh, like this video if you do like it. Leave us a comment down below. And if you have a question, uh, leave it down below. And we'll try to answer it during our Mailbag Monday next week. Um, ding the little bell. Uh, and it'll tell you when our videos drop. And no, I didn't forget the last one again. Is that it? You said subscribe, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, I got them all. Finally. And folks... That was Dave and his beautiful glory. This is Drake. We'll see y'all next time on Locked On Sentinels. Take care, everybody.